going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate you having you here. And I think this is going to be something that really pushes both Jordan and I out of our comfort zones. Um, Jordan has no idea what the topic is. I've been kind of keeping it a secret this week. But I think it's going to touch on some current events. It's something that we experience every day. We don't think about it. Um, and I think everyone who's listening experiences this in some way, but not may not be the exact same as us. But the topic is what it's like to be an African-American young adult in today's generation. What do you think about that? Dude, total shock. I wasn't expecting this one. Uh, what I told Julian was, as long as my parents would be good to listen to this, I'm down to talk about it. So here you go, mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys will get some insight. And that's a great roll into the first question being, when did you realize that I mean, you were an African-American and that was a like a thing, like it was something people judged differently or could put you in a different position. Like, when do you think that timeline was when you really noticed that things are slightly different for you as a person? Um, that's a very good question. When I think I started to realize that this was like I was different for some reason or there's something, you know, not the similar is probably going to elementary school and the elementary school I went to, I was going to school in Southern California. That's where I was born and raised for quite a bit and just kind of like being around and assimilating with so many different walks of life and culture. Um, you kind of pick up on, oh, you, you know, the similarities wise, like I'm a little different than this kid or this girl, uh, just, just off of pure looks, but it also, sometimes you can kind of feel a cultural thing as well. Yeah, I agree. I think that that was kind of similar for me is when going to elementary school, I kind of noticed like I'm a lighter skinned African American, but I still noticed like my hair was slightly different or like, yeah, like a cultural, I didn't know what it was, but just there's a kind of a cultural difference. And like maybe somewhere later in elementary school, I kind of learned a little bit more about the history of the heritage or what it means to be African-American and not saying that we're only talking about African-Americans, just something we have experience with. So there's all other minorities. If you're listening, that it's something you've dealt with and you should probably look into and understand where it comes from. But I'm um, saying that did your parents ever like educate you on kind of the cultural differences or like lead you in any direction or did you kind of figure a lot of it out on your own time? So Coming from the demographic I do come from, my mom being the black one, and uh, she isn't even African-American. She's from Europe, uh, specifically the UK. So as far as African-American culture, and even though um, I don't have, you know, the traditional African-American lineage as far as, you know, when I'm like my parents were from America, both of them and stuff like that. I am assumed that way just because I'm born that way. So not particularly, no, I didn't have a very like, you know, this is how it's been for people who are African-Americans for X, Y, and Z. But just being around the things I've been around, you kind of, like you said, you kind of learn and consume and, you know, pick pieces from different information systems around you when you're growing up. Do you remember what, kind of the first piece of the culture you learned was or was it like a something related to MLK Day or like a Rosa Parks or just 
some sort of you know figure that or role model or just some someone said something to you you're like why did you say that um as far as like piece of a culture that's that's a really tough question just because i mean uh the culture itself is so large but one thing that i do um, remember picking up or I remember doing as a kid is I definitely did all my reports and stuff like that uh, on Martin Luther King or you know I did one on Charlie Parker the saxophonist the musician um, from back in the day uh, so I kind of tried to pick up pieces from them and even at a very young age and not being able to understand things in the fullest concept that it is it might have been a trickling effect from there as far as like my first indoctrination of it how about yourself yeah i agree i am like at a young age i wasn't really you know put on the spot about what the differences were i was a big fan of like jackie robinson just because he was a baseball player and i was into baseball and he was the first african-american or black player and like MLK was obviously big. That's kind of what they teach, I guess. But it was interesting now that we're talking about it, I've never thought about it this way before. But I think you and I have talked outside of the podcast about kind of the magnitude of the situation of some of those people we just named was like Jackie Robinson, Martin Luther King, Charlie Parker, et cetera, et cetera. Like their life was so much different. But like for us as young kids, you look at them it's like, wow, they're really cool. They like they try to make a difference and like they made their difference. But I never really understood the magnitude of what they had done or what life was like compared to like what life is like now. Yeah, definitely. It's extraordinary to, or it's extraordinary how kids are so almost insulated in their own ways and how pure it is and, you know, ethereal it is. But in the aspect of, yeah, like studying Martin Luther King as much as I did in, you know, third grade or fourth grade or whatever. I no one can and even as an adult I feel like it's hard to unless you experience it yourself what those people went through specifically to become the figures that they really are and what they stood for you know the those pillars yeah. so as we get older say we'll go to that middle school early high school when did you start really getting that understanding of um, the differences or like some of the um, obstacles that people had overcome or maybe some obstacles you still faced or some of the events that have been taking or that were taking place that time that made you kind of really understand what some of those differences were not not necessarily in our like where we live but just in general or overall uh, it's funny how you mentioned that at the end because that's what I would say is one of the more definitive parts in my life where I had a perspective change especially with diversity and culture uh, coming from a place uh, in California where I was around a whole bunch of different people um, moving to Oregon specifically in that region we're at was extraordinary culture shock and the fact that I mean you still to this day me or you could walk into a place and I mentioned it to a person who we were talking about, you know, not liking to be judged or be under a microscope. And, um, I said to them, like looking at them in the eye, uh, about 99% of the time, I'm the only 
person of like my my type or where I come from in the building of you know it could be 60 it could be 30 or it could be 100 or more people obviously you experiencing that as well it's it's very it's a very thing it's a thing that it's not it's hard to not notice it you know what i'm saying yeah i agree that's kind of what i was thinking when you're saying is like arguably where our area i'd probably say there's one minority we'll just say that way to every 30 to 50 people uh being caucasian or white descent and it's this noticeable thing like when jordan and i are hanging out and we're with jordan's brother who's also african-american and maybe a couple other like there's definitely a vibe when we go somewhere that you can feel that there's just some either people just don't see it very often i mean it's 2018 like you're gonna see it but you have this vibe maybe because we're all over six feet and you know african-american they just kind of a you can feel different i mean that's maybe that's just my experience maybe i'm just not much of a people person but i definitely feel sometimes a different atmosphere or like i can feel people looking at us yeah yeah definitely i a hundred percent agree with you and in a fact i feel like it's been a thing that has helped at least me personally being that I'm under the microscope or people are looking at me knowing I'm different and I knowing I'm different from every single person in the room. It gives me a sense of at first it was very, very uncomfortable moving up here as, you know, younger and uh, maturing young adult. Um, it was very uncomfortable and uh, they were uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. And so it was just kind of this really weird experience at first. But now I feel like I embody it and you know, use it to my best ability in the fact that I'm unique and, you know, people will see me and remember me. So I use that in the most positive effect I can until, you know, progress myself. I don't know. How do you see it? Uh, I don't know. I think what the example of being under a microscope is very accurate. I feel like all of like it's subconscious, like you don't like you go day to day and you don't really notice, but it's kind of a nature or a habit that you build that I think everything you do has to be uh, taste, not tasteful, palatable or just like friendly almost like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a guy who is very minimal and stuff. So a lot of my closet is all black and all gray. Right. And like when I go out in public and I'm wearing a black sweatshirt and like black jeans or whatever, I feel like I have to be extra like professional in that attire without getting like a weird look or like hey go you know like something along those lines i feel like everything is more palatable because like obviously knowing you and i and some of our other friends like us in private is a lot different from us in public and i don't know if it's not on purpose it's just kind of the way things are maybe it's here or in all other areas but it's just something that i've noticed as i've matured and grown older yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a very good way to say it is in the fact of maybe like the way I look at it and me explaining it to uh, some of my family members, like my extended family, like aunts, cousins and things that aren't black or African-American. I tell them that at least how I see it is and maybe this isn't the best way to go about it, but I literally look at everybody in the fact of, all right, so how do they see, like, what are their perceptions in their shoes? So they see this dude who's um, 6'3", and, like, big guy who's black, and especially not being around a lot of black people in the area I'm in, like, what what are they thinking right now? Like, 
And then once I figure out their perspective, my, my first goal is, you know, what do I want out of this interaction for whatever means? And I adjust to that because them seeing a, seeing me, I know it isn't the things that people who know me see me as, or, you know, see me as walking down the hallway. Somebody who knows me really well would think something completely opposite of somebody who might not know me at all. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where, uh, it's gotten me really good at also not really being, you know, understanding that I'm under a microscope, but also putting myself in other people's shoes and the fact of like, okay, so the, I'm going to come off friendly, like you said, to this person because they might feel uncomfortable right now, or I might crack a joke really quick or, you know, give them a smile or something. And, um, that that type of mind frame like it's like it happens like a split second or within probably like a half a second or you know Mm -hmm. a second or so of me meeting somebody or even seeing them you know yeah it's just it's kind of weird the habits that are built that we've done subconsciously or like the decisions that we are making and i'm assuming a lot of people do make this like this decision of you've over time i've learned these habits or learned you know how to be I guess presentable but it's just kind of the things you do to not come off as you know unfriendly yeah I would say even like you know uh to come off as allowing people to stereotype you and I feel like people will always judge somebody before you even you know talk say before they even say a word you'll you'll judge them by the way they walk or the way they dress or you know what they're looking at or holding Mm -hmm. but uh I think it's one of those things, at least me, like I would not like to be stereotyped in any sort of way whatsoever. And especially in a way where somebody could naturally put negative stereotypes to me without even, you know, yeah, give me a fair judge. And like another thing that I want to touch on is, so this is like, talking about what we just kind of touched on as like being a minority talking to the majority. There's also a really weird tension between minority minority. If you've ever noticed that like being African-American, sometimes if you're in a different place or you're uncomfortable, like sometimes the African-American to African-American or black to black interaction is really odd. And I don't know like what it is like it's either people are sizing each other up or like they're, they're stereotyping Mm -hmm. one another or it's, I don't know if it's like a, a pride thing. I don't know what it is, but it's always a weird interaction. It is. And you say that, and I wish I had more time to kind of break that down and really think why that is, because I definitely feel that in the, you know, I see somebody else who's black and regardless if it's, well, it could be just walking and passing and me not knowing them. And that's not really a judged thing. But when I really feel that intensity is almost... Uh, when we are in the same environment, let's say in college, you know, you're at a party and you see like three other black dudes and with you're with your buddy or whatever, and you guys don't know each other and you can feel like a little dusting of tension. Um, and maybe that's in the fact of feeling like there's some sort of scarcity, uh, regardless of what it is, it, and it might be just social acceptance as a scarcity in itself. And, but no, I definitely feel that. And maybe it has to do with competition as well. I'm a very competitive person. So regardless of what I'm competing with, I'll probably try. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, like I'm not, 
I'm not a competitive person, but I also feel the tension. I don't know what it is. It's like really hard to explain. I think you could ask this to anyone and it's really hard to explain. Um, I just always found it interesting. Usually I notice it when I'm outside of where we're at, maybe because I'm familiar with a lot of the people of in this area, but like when I'm outside of the place, like I'm traveling and I'm in another store and I run across, you know, another minority, I just feel yeah there's just some weird even if it's in a grocery store and it's like 30 seconds like it's just kind of weird it's like what are you looking at what are you looking at like i'm just here so am i it's not like and i don't do it with like the majority i hate saying that but like uh like white people or caucasian people like when i'm in a store i don't feel that tension i'm just walking by la da 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 and then like boom minority awkward and that's kind of i don't know what it is Mm -hmm. yeah it's almost like a Maybe it's a reverse feeling of being like the only one of something in a store. And granted, like I feel this way too when I, you know, am in that same presence with somebody who's not my race, especially white. Maybe it's because I'm around white people all day long, 24 7. And that's why I feel more comfortable with them and being around somebody that I'm not used to, especially with my own culture or like, you know, with my own perspective. It makes me feel like a little on edge or maybe it's i don't i really don't know yeah. but you truly spoke on something that is, this is something i rarely talk about because it's such an odd and unexplainable thing to try to explain to somebody yeah this person uh made me feel like more on edge than i'm used to and the reason why is because it has to do with something of them being similar to me in a way, which yeah. is like totally doesn't make sense because the more similar people are, you'd think that you'd be more comfortable around them. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's so well put. And the, I guess what we're kind of talking on. So here's a story that I just I thought about while thinking of this topic is uh, Jordan and I went to Walmart a long time ago and uh, Jordan bought a rated R movie. And Jordan was in line. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was like some rated R movie. And you were in front line and I was like right behind you. And you like bought the movie and the lady like asked, like, I need to see both of your IDs. And at the time, like, I was like, what? Like she carded both of us for maybe it was maybe you bought alcohol. I don't know what it was, but you bought something that required our card and i remember getting to like just kind of going quiet and then going through like exiting the doors and being like dude did we just get like racially profiled and there's no reason i should be thinking that it's like there's no reason i should be in that mindset but for a split second it was like really heavy in my mind and i was like very frustrated and then you were like no dude i bought a rate it's i think it's because i bought a rated r movie or like i bought alcohol or something like that and then like obviously tension went down but it's weird that that is something that comes to my mind right away when in a situation like that where it completely makes sense now thinking about it that that's what i jumped to no 100 percent um that's that's a thing for sure and that reminds me of when i was a kid uh, you know, around, I hadn't been Oregon too long, but, uh, I was going into a basketball gym, I think to watch my brother play and my dad being white, he paid for like a family pass. So he walked in first and I was like trailing behind and I attempt to walk through and this lady stops me and she's like, yeah, um, do you have a pass? And I was like, yeah, my, my dad just walked through 
and they just looked at me like there's it hasn't been a black person to walk through and they looked around and I had to point to this white guy for them to confirm and almost like they were expecting me to, you know, like they have a preconceived notion of who the people who raised me and, you know, who I would call dad just because of what I looked like. And so, no, that I, I run into that stuff all the time too. And maybe a little less because I'm a grown adult now. And so, you know, there's, I, maybe I'm just like the wake I walk through in life as far as socially and stuff uh, pushes aside that judgment that I used to get and feel a lot more. And now I'm a little less sensitive about it. But no, I've definitely felt that too. <laughs> um, and then so moving on to the adult life, more professional setting, like some of the barriers that people talk about or that are, you know, introduced and like sometimes the barrier of talking about you know, am I getting paid equally? Like, am I not getting paid equally because I'm of this? Like you have no idea or you have, or like the weirdest one to me that I found is someone did a research on, they submitted a ton of resumes to these different corporate corporations and found that a certain percentage of names went through as opposed to a certain percentage of, you know, minority sounding names weren't approved. All of the, everything was the same on the resume except for the names. And I found that interesting. And then like also going to the workforce, it's very similar. I think it's a lot of people face the same aspect. Like, am I here because I'm good at what I do or am I here to add diversity to the conversation? I think it's also the same pressure as people see as like, um, I guess we'll use an example of, you know, white families as like a family that is fairly, you know, well off or wealthy and some, the son is or daughter is trying to make their own, like, are they probably thinking the same thing? Like, am I in this position I am because of who my parents are or am I in the position of I am because I'm what I'm good at? Like, what do you think on that? Um, I think that's, uh, one that can be talked about for 10 years continuously because I, I'm under the personal impression that all of those factors interplay so i mean it's statistically a thing that if you have a certain sounding name of any certain ethnicity like you were saying you are less likely or more likely to get uh, an interview or call back for a job or you know if you're a certain race as far as the wage and gender gap pay goes you know you're not you're expected not to be paid as much if you are African-American or a woman compared to a white male. So I, I think those are things that should be grappled with as facts because I mean, statistically and scientifically they've been, you know, set out as such as far as, you know, studies have gone on and stuff. Um, as far as how to, you know, counteract that. I think that's a lot longer of a question. And uh, I need to think way more about that with a lot more smarter people than myself to figure that out. Cause I think it's something that's much more ingrained than a, you know, a rule change can you know, enact. And I mean, there's been attempts at that, but I feel like it, it's not something that is on the surface. It's a lot lower level, but no, all those things, uh, I think that they definitely do play a factor in and as much as they, you don't want them to, as far as you want to be there because you were good at your job. You don't want to be there because of what you look like. Um, I think it is a part of, you know, it is a part of how good you are. 
you are very good for an African-American guy. You are very good for a woman in what you do. Like things like that, I feel like, you know, unless somehow you were able to mask yourself behind some sort of robot or computer screen, those things will always be things that you will have to counteract regardless of who you are, you know? Yeah, I agree. And then kind of a a loaded question at the end. Based on current situation, you know, 2018, um, current political standpoints, what do you think has changed with our current administration to these minority cultures or has it separated more or shown true colors, um, you know, brought people together? What is your kind of uh, view of that as a African-American young adult? Um, well, first off, I think that there's a, a large polarity of what we were used to in President Obama and now what we are kind of trying to get accustomed to or what's happening with uh, President Trump, who's in office right now. And I think that a lot of it, as far as some of the rhetoric and kind of the disposition and kind of the posturing that goes on definitely doesn't make me feel as included and granted that I'm sure that would make a lot more sense because I don't have somebody who I feel like comes from a similar background or as much of a background as Obama did compared to Trump. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where I feel like it's getting divisive now but in the same tune, I think it could be an opportunity to, you know, coalesce and amalgamate to, a, you know, to an opposition, like, you know, as far as minorities go, I'm sure that not all of the Latin American or Mexican or Hispanic people enjoy, you know, the talk about the wall and stuff like that and closing down borders and, you know, um, or deporting a, a large amount of people. And so I think that I was thinking about this today, actually. Um, I think that opportunities and difficulties uh, such as that give people a huge opportunity to show their humanitarian side and, you know, look after other people, even though it's not really, even though I don't have people that would be deported to Mexico because of any regime change, I still think that that shouldn't, you know, that should be looked at more carefully or, you know, I would want to look out for people that not necessarily have the same look or ideas or feelings as me, but just because I feel like it's a humanitarian thing, you know, how about you? What do you think? Um, I don't know. It's a, I think it's really, you touched on a good point of comparing presidencies. And I think it's crazy to think of what America looks like now and some of the, I mean, I'm going to just be blunt about it, like the resurgence of the KKK under this presidency and the voice that they've created is phenomenal. It's unreal that like that thing that's still going on in 2018 at that strength. But it's crazy to think that group was around when Obama won his presidency, right? Because it seems like that group is huge and you're hearing stories here, this, this, and that. And I feel like parties are being separated. But at the same time, I agree. I feel like there's this 
coalition uh, or this cohesiveness of certain groups here and there. Like I feel like each minority is getting closer within as a whole group, but I, there isn't a whole lot of cross function yet. And I don't know what it is. And like, I agree further with what you're saying about Hispanic, Latino, you know, Mexican, um, that life has to be extremely difficult or nerve wracking. If you're in that, you know, you know, someone in that scenario or familiar with that, like there's stories of, you know, kids being nine years old, born in America and their parents being deported away. And so I feel like there's going to be some sort of change. I don't know if it's good or bad or, um, how things are changing, but there's definitely a little bit more edge and I've become a lot more aware of myself as a minority and what that, the implications or what that means under this presidency than I have in previous. And that may be because I'm just maturing and trying to educate myself on different facets of my life and what made me, me and where I'm at. Um, but there's always just a lot of this, these changes going on and it's kind of hard to comprehend. So maybe four years from now, things will be a lot different. I'll look back on this podcast and see where my mindset was at and see if it's different or the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great perspective of, you know, you touched on separate groups and I definitely think that, you know, there's a lot of, there's clumps of really strong and good intentioned groups out and, America and we need to seal them <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the, no one else knows what we're laughing about, but we are. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode and actually got something from it or kind of heard an insight. Cause it's, if you know, Jordan and I, it's something we don't openly talk about very often or like really to, or think about it's just something that happens. Um, but I hope you pick something up. You don't have, it doesn't necessarily have to be about African-American It's just our experience because that's what we are. Um, and leave some feedback if you liked it, maybe we'll touch on it again. Um, Jordan, final words. Yeah. I just wanted to first off say I was pleasantly surprised on this podcast and, uh, I want to talk to you guys specifically as listeners. And I wanted to like truly and sincerely thank you guys for listening regardless of you liked it or not, or, you know, had different ideas. I just appreciate you taking the effort and time to go out there and listen to us specifically, regardless of, you know, what we look like or how fast we are, or how good of an archaeologist <laughs> I am. Uh, I just appreciate you guys. So thanks. Thanks for listening. Thank you.